I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. Just a few quick notes. If you aren't already following us on Instagram, please head over and follow us at Birth Naturally. Also, if you're enjoying the stories we're sharing, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. We'd also love it if you'd share the podcast with a friend who may be interested in natural birth. Now, let's talk birth plans. Kate, did you have a birth plan with your babies? I didn't with the first two. Um, I don't think my OB or my first midwife ever really brought it up to me, (laughs) so I never really thought to make one, but with Felix... My midwives were very clear that I should write it down, anything I really wanted, and I did that. So that was that was really great to have those ideas in mind. What about you? No, it never, my OB never brought it up. It never occurred to me that's something I should even do. Yeah, I do think it's really important for everybody to write things down. While it's great to have an idea of how you want your labor to go, in today's episode you'll see that the baby sometimes has plans of their own. <laughs> Today, we're talking to Celia. She planned to have a birth center birth with her first baby. Labor started, but then fizzled out. It started back up with a vengeance, and the baby didn't quite make it to the birth center after all. Hi, Celia. Thanks for being here on the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about you and your family? Okay, Um, so my name's Celia. I am, um, a licensed medical esthetician. So I do skincare and facials and that. Um, and I was working up until the time that I had my son. He's a year old now. So now I'm a stay at home mom. Um, I'm married. My husband's name is Devin and he is a really, really great husband and an awesome dad. That's been one of my favorite things recently is just seeing how much my son, his name is Roa, by the way, it's like Noah with an R. My son Roa just connects so well with Devin and it's been really, really great to see. Um, yeah. And we're just kind of, you know, making it through one day at a time, uh, Roa's just recently started sleeping through the night a little bit better. So that's been amazing. He's almost 15 months and we finally (laughs) made it. So (laughs) I'm feeling a little bit better these days, a little more human. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm jealous of the whole sleeping through the night thing. (laughs) Uh It's a huge deal. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. And some people think, you know, I'm sure they started asking when he was a couple weeks old. 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. is the baby sleeping through the night? And most of oh, them yeah. don't. And you're like, no, I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> exactly. This is my life now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about when you found out you were pregnant? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was definitely a surprise. We were not planning to have a baby at all. It was very sudden. Um, but you know, it was very unexpected. And then uh, like probably about a week or so, maybe four days before I found out, I started having a very strong sense of smell. Mm. And like, I could smell food from across the room and it was very weird. Cause I usually don't have that good of a sense of smell. Um, and so food was just starting to hit me and making me feel kind of queasy. And I immediately was like, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to Devin and I'm saying, okay, I think like maybe we're having a baby. I don't know. <laughs> and he kept saying, no, 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 you're fine. And I kind of felt like I was getting normal period cramps, but it was different. Like it was a kind of a deep pain and just soreness instead of a cramp. So it felt a little bit different that way. And the day before we found out, I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, cause I was a little bit late with my period, but I wasn't late enough to really be too scared. Um, and we were kind of just like brainstorming baby names jokingly. <laughs> and so, yeah, it came into play for sure. Um, and the next day I was just feeling really like I need to find out right now. So I went to the store while my husband was at work and I got a couple pregnancy tests, boom, bright lines, you know, like obviously mm-hmm. pregnant, both of them. And I'm like crying, very shocked, very surprised. But I also felt just really peaceful and really excited at the same time. So it was this crazy jumble of emotions. Um, and I kind of have always wanted to be like, Oh, I have this beautiful, you know, surprise plan for how I can tell you, but (laughs) he got home from work and I was just like, thank God you're home. You're going to be a dad. And I'm like freaking out and crying, but it was, and he was so shocked. Like he could barely talk the whole rest of the day. He was just in shock, but yeah, he got excited soon after that. And yeah, that's kind of how we found out. Just, you know, pregnancy test and <laughs> nausea. <laughs> yeah, I always plan to like tell my husband some exciting way. And then it's usually just like, I call him at work. I'm like, um, by the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. You're going to be a dad. So <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot wait and do, do yeah. that exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you always know you wanted to have a natural birth or was that something you decided during your pregnancy? Um. I honestly hadn't thought too much about it. I had known that epidurals, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big into hospitals. My whole family, we're not really a hospital family. My mom is like really into natural medicine and we've just never really been the kind of family to go to the doctor or the hospital for little things. Mm -hmm. So I'm not very comfortable in a hospital setting. And, um, I have known a lot of people. I know a lady who is having her fifth baby and she's had, um, pretty much all natural births. I think she was induced for one and she just has told me so many amazing things about it. So I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know that I want to try an epidural. Even if I do end up going to a hospital, like maybe I'll see how far I can make it without. Mm -hmm. Um, and then throughout my pregnancy, as I did more research, it really seemed like I would prefer to do an epidural over, uh, well, not, not an epidural, my apologies, um, a natural birth over an epidural, just because, I don't know. I think that birth and the way our bodies communicate all the nerves and, you know, everything it, it's made that way for a reason. And it's not just something we should dull with medicine because it's painful. Um, no, I agree a hundred percent. So 
when you decided this during your pregnancy, mm-hmm. how did you, how did you prepare? Did you take any classes? Did you read books? Yeah, well, through our birth center, they did some good childbirth classes. We loved the lady who was the educator for those. We did four, um, I think they were about two hours each, so about eight hours worth of classes. And um, thankfully, she threw in a lot of really helpful information that we actually ended up needing. Um, yeah, so it was <laughs> it was really good. We got a lot of great education, and we also. So, um, took a good breastfeeding class through our birth center. Um, so it was really good. I felt that we had a lot of information. I also joined a couple, um, like Facebook groups of other moms that were either kind of local or in the state, um, or just like overall, like a breastfeeding moms group. And it was really, really helpful to just hear other people's experiences. Yeah. I feel like that's always the best way to learn. It's just like to hear Mm -hmm. how other people handle things. Definitely. Um, so how were you feeling during your pregnancy? I feel like I had a great pregnancy. Honestly, I didn't have any kind of spotting or bleeding at all. I didn't have any major scares or anything. Um, it was, it was a pretty healthy pregnancy. There weren't really any concerns. Baby was always growing well. Um, you know, everything looked great. Um, and I did have some nausea up until about 13 weeks, which is pretty typical. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't ever too, too bad. Um, and it would usually go away after the morning. It wasn't like an all day thing for me, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and I was able to work, um, throughout my pregnancy up until about 32 weeks or so. Um, so that was really good. I was on my feet a lot because I was doing reception at the time. Um, but that wasn't too bad. There were only a few times where I felt like, oh my gosh, I really overexerted myself today. Um, but yeah, I was really blessed with a a really good and safe pregnancy. That's that's amazing. Good. So how getting into the birth, how did you know you were in labor or did you know at first? Yeah. So my son was born on a Wednesday and the day before that Tuesday, I woke up and I just felt kind of weird. Um, and I didn't, I didn't think it was labor because he was, I think like 37 and a half weeks at the time he was a little early. Um, so I wasn't really looking for labor, especially because there's this belief that a lot of first time moms go past 40 weeks or their labor is like 24 hours or more, which Disclaimer, that was not the case with me. (laughs) Definitely not. Um, But I think I was definitely in maybe some early labor kind of stages that day before he was born. I felt really puffy, a little bit sore and crampy, almost like I was getting sick or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember talking to my mom on the phone and she was kind of like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe you could have the baby soon. And we both kind of just felt like, oh, oh, whatever. It probably won't happen that fast. So, um, that was kind of the day before maybe I had a couple Braxton Hicks that day, but it wasn't really anything, um, of much note. And it was, it was really interesting looking back on all those things. I think, okay, that definitely seems like early labor, like something was already happening, but I just didn't know. I feel like the day before there's always like you just feel weird and you're not sure what exactly mm-hmm. it is. And you can't tell it's labor, but you just like, I have a weird feeling about this. It's like mm-hmm. a, fore- a foreshadowing mm-hmm. to Yeah. <laughs> Ominous. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Something is going to happen. So when did your first contraction start? 
Yeah. So I went to bed, um, probably at like 10 or something that, uh, Tuesday night. And then at one 30 in the morning on Wednesday, I woke up and it was like, Ooh, something is really happening. Definitely not Braxton Hicks. It was a lot stronger than anything I'd had before. Um, and so I woke my husband up and I was kind of like, in that stage where it's mostly just discomfort and pressure, but it really feels like something's happening. And, um, for maybe three hours, four hours, my contractions were pretty close together. Um, they were about four to five minutes apart maybe. Um, but they weren't very painful. It was mostly just pressure. That's kind of how it all started. And did you let your midwives know? I did. So after about four hours, it was like sometime in the very, very early morning, like five or six. Um, I, I called in and they have this rule at the birth center, which is kind of like, Oh, if you can still talk through the contractions, you're fine, which I'll get to that later. Cause that I was not fine, even though I could talk to them through the contractions. <laughs> um, but so I was on the phone with her. I probably sounded just a little more stressed than I am right now. Um, like I could definitely talk through them pretty easily, but by that point they were all very consistently four minutes or less apart. Um, and she said, well, you know, people are going to be heading to work soon. So why don't you, um, wait until like rush hours over in the morning, call again if they continue. So I was able to, at around 8.30, like everything was, it, it wasn't quite as painful anymore. So I was like, oh, maybe that was prodromal early labor. Um, and I was able to go back to sleep. And then when I woke up around 10.30 or so, they were basically gone. So it was really, really weird. I was really disappointed. Um, Devin had stayed home from work that day to help me because I was like, dude, I think I'm in labor. And he was kind of disappointed. Like, oh, I, I missed work for this. Like, is this, <laughs> it's not actually happening. Um, so yeah, it was a really weird morning. And throughout the rest of the late morning and early afternoon, I, I kept feeling like I had some Braxton Hicks and just like my uterus and pelvis was tight at times, but it wasn't really anything um, until later on in the afternoon. Wow. So did you do anything in the interim? Did you try to encourage labor or were you just resting and I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to rest. I still felt really queasy and stuff. And Devin was saying, Hey, I made you this food, like try to eat. And I think I ate a bagel or like toast or something. And I still just didn't feel very good. So I was trying to rest up. Um, and I ended up, my mom had given me, she's all into natural health. She gave me this, um, like aromatherapy thing, an essential oil mm -hmm. that has clary sage in it. And you're not supposed to use it unless you're in labor. So I was like smelling that, like rubbing it on my wrist a little bit, like, okay, will this help at all? And I don't know if it helped or if like things just started again on their own. Um, but they started up, my contractions started back up around three o'clock and it was right after I'd been texting my mom, like, Oh, I guess today is not the day. Like nothing else is happening. And then probably within half an hour of texting her, they came back with a vengeance. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you had a nice little break to rest and then it was like, yeah. okay, now it's time. <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was wow. insane. They were so much stronger automatically from what they'd been before. 
Wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it was really insane. Um, and yeah, so that was around three o'clock and by like three 30 or so, they were, they were really, really consistent. But I think because the midwife before had told me like, um, you know, waited out. I kind of thought that I was being overdramatic because it felt like, oh, okay, I guess I should really wait till I can't talk through them because at that point I still could. Right. Um, so I, I was in this weird frenzied state though. I was walking all around and pacing. And at times I actually like squatted down and tried to, um, it felt like, oh, there's so much pressure. If my water would break, it would Mm -hmm. feel better. And it was really weird how my body just knew that like, okay, there's pressure. If my water breaks, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to squat down. I didn't have to think about it at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm pacing and like randomly stopping and squatting here and there. And then it just kept getting more and more intense and it was really crazy. So around 4.30, I think, we called my midwife again and she said, okay, like you should come in. And right as we were getting off the phone with her, because I started to sound like I was in distress, but I could still talk through them. All of a sudden I went from talking to screaming through the contractions and my bloody show happened. Like I was on the toilet I saw blood. I'm like screaming all of a sudden. My husband is running around trying to like get clothes for me and stuff. And I ended up walking out the door in a pair of flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt in November. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so warm. I didn't even care. Like I wasn't paying attention to what I was wearing. I just got out the door and yeah. So we got out to the car and by the time we left, it was between 4.30 and 4.45. And there was a weather forecast for snow the next day. So everybody, you know how when there's snow, people freak out. Oh, yeah. And they, oh, we have to go to the grocery store. We have to leave work <laughs> early. Like, oh, life is ending. Yes. So the roads are just crazy. And it wasn't it wasn't too bad close to home. But as we were in the car, um, it was the traffic was just getting terrible. And we were kind of stranded at that point. Oh, my um, God. Like that's there terrifying. There was no hospital nearby. And I think at this point, I was just in full denial. Like, oh, yeah, well, it's not going to happen that soon because it's my first baby. And they say a first baby, you're in labor for like over 24 hours. So, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But... I think my body definitely knew that it was happening. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about the car ride over to the yeah, birth center. Let's talk about that car ride. <laughs> um, so it usually took about half an hour. And at this point we'd been in the car for over an hour. Um, wow. and it was, I, I think I was pushing for a while too. And I just didn't know it. Um, cause I started feeling like when there was a con- contraction, instead of just like waiting it out and waiting it out, I, I felt like I was pushing against the contraction. Like my body was just doing it all on its own, mm-hmm. which is in hindsight, it's so incredible that the, the, female body can do that and just mm-hmm. know exactly what to do. Even when even my if mind you don't. Is <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things like when people say they're so scared of giving birth and they just want to do an emergency C-section or something, you know, or a planned C-section, like your body knows what it's doing. You don't have to be as scared as you are, you know? Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah. So that was happening. I think I was probably pushing for half an hour or so. Was your husband yeah. aware of this as you're he, ju- 
He was, I think he was driving. I'm in the passenger seat next to him. And I think he was like kind of aware, but he was also kind of like, you know, believing the same thing that I did. Like, oh, it's, it'll be longer though. Like she's obviously in pain. And I think we both thought that I was just in transition or something at that point. Right. But I think I was pretty much fully dilated at that point, you know? Oh yeah, wow. uh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Or at least like nine inches or something. Who knows? Yeah. Not (laughs) inches. (laughs) Yeah. So he's, he's just like focusing on going so fast. And he actually was like driving in the breakdown lane for like a couple miles. Cause he's like, screw this. I don't care if a cop pulls us over. I would be like, look at her. She's in labor. Yeah, (laughs) really. Give us a pass. Um, Come on. (laughs) Exactly. So I think we both felt like, oh, we could make it. But then when we got to the exit for our exit, um, it was just wall to wall traffic. Like it was completely standstill. Oh no, that's horrible. Awful. I was like, you know, we can do this. We can do this. And then right when we hit the exit, I was like, we can't do this. (laughs) And at that point, it was almost like a bowling ball dropped. Like suddenly the pressure shifted so quickly. And at this point, my water still hadn't broken, but I had, I had Devin bring towels and stuff just in case, which I was really thankful for um, because we needed those. But, um, so this bowling ball pressure just funk and like fell down into my pelvis. It felt like, (laughs) and all of a sudden I started kind of feeling not quite the ring of fire, but I could definitely feel things a lot more. And I just said to Devin in a weirdly calm voice, I can, I I think the head is coming out or like, I can feel the head or something like that. Wow. And he's like, do you want me to call 911? Do you want me to call 911? And I'm, I don't even know if I answered him. I think I was just like, uh, whatever you want to do. I don't, I don't <laughs> this know. baby's coming with or without then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thankfully he got on with 911 and the operator, I could like hear her. He wasn't on speakerphone, but she was like kind of loudly speaking. And she's like, you need to pull off. You need to pull off. And there was nowhere to pull off. So he ended up making like a very illegal turn through an intersection and oh pulling into gosh. the it was awful. It was crazy. Um, I'm really glad we didn't get in an accident or something, but he was just like, nope. <laughs> um, and he pulled off into the grass of this business. It was like some like landscaping business or something. <laughs> and he pulled onto their front lawn and just got out of the car. And by the time that he was doing that, the head was like almost out. Like I'm sure it was right there. Cause I had been holding back the pushes as much as I could. Cause I was scared. Like there's no one to catch this baby. And somehow I had gotten my shorts off, but I was still wearing my underwear. Like I just, I didn't, I don't even know. I think maybe I thought I pulled everything off. So Devin ran around to the side of the car and he sees that my underwear is still on. He goes in the glove compartment and gets this knife that he had in there. Oh, cut my, my underwear off. Like literally cut them in half. Was that necessary? It was, it was like a Superman moment. Like, I got this, babe. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Crazy. Um, so he like cut cut the underwear off and probably within a minute, less than two minutes for sure, the baby was there. It was like three or oh four. Oh my gosh, that yeah. is insane. So yeah. the opposite of how a first time mom is supposed to deliver. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so what was um, going through your head? Were you, at what point did you just accept, okay, we're having the baby in the car? 
Mm-hmm. It was, it was when he pulled off on the side, I was like, okay, we're stopped. It's safe for me to push. Like I trust Devin to catch the baby. Um, which is actually funny because when we had planned to go to our birth center, he was like, Oh, I don't think I want to catch the baby. Like I'm scared to, but <laughs> he had to. Yeah. When it's um, your only just, option. Yeah. That's just how it worked out. Um, so he ran over to my side and I was just like, okay, it's safe to push now. And then baby, the head came out probably in two pushes and he was still in the amniotic sac at that point. So I actually was able to reach down and like feel the sac. And it was so weird. I don't know what came over me. Cause I was always kind of squeamish about that. Like, ew, I don't want to, if they give me a mirror to see the baby's head, I don't want to see that gross. But yeah. I was suddenly so drawn into it. And it felt kind of like an out of body experience where I just wanted to you know, remember as much as I possibly could. Um, and I felt the sack and it was really crazy. And then within two more pushes, his, his like neck and shoulders came out and then amniotic fluid everywhere. (laughs) Wow. Um, that's crazy there. Yeah. I can't believe it It was that quick, like just a couple Mm -hmm. pushes. That's crazy. So how was that experience like for your husband? Uh, I don't know. I think he kind of, has blocked a lot of it out of his memory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Um, he's a great storyteller. So whenever he tells the story, he tells it like, it's very funny. He gives like all the funny backstory that I probably don't even remember. Um, (laughs) but I do think like he was really scared, but he just went into that emergency mode. I'm going to take care of you and like, make sure everything's okay mode. And he did an excellent job. He just jumped from the driver's seat and now he's the delivering doctor all of a sudden. So he was on the phone with 911 the whole time, correct? Mm-hmm. And he actually had the phone pressed against his shoulder to his ear as, as he's, he's catching the baby. And I remember right after he caught the baby, um, he the cord was actually wrapped around his, his neck a couple times. It was wrapped around twice. So thankfully we had learned in our birth class, like, Hey, if that happens, you just have to unhook it real quick. And it's not, it's not that big a deal unless it's like, you know, tied on or something. Um, and so Devin just really calmly unlooped it wow. and he's stayed on with 911. And I could hear the lady saying, what's the gender? What's the gender? And I think she was trying to make sure none of us were in shock. Like, can you just <laughs> tell what child, what the gender is? Um, and at that point we actually didn't know we had chosen, we had chosen to kept it a surprise. So the whole surprises all around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we, I remember Devin placed the baby on my chest and he like threw a blanket, a big old blanket over us. And then he like peeked under and he's like, Oh, it's a boy. And (laughs) he was really excited. I'm really happy. We had a boy because they're such good friends. It's really sweet. But I was just, totally in shock. Cause for some reason I had thought it was a girl and I just wasn't processing anything. It was like, people were talking so slowly and like, I just couldn't even process at that point. Cause I was going into shock. So mm-hmm. I remember hearing Devin say that and then looking under the blanket and being like, Oh, that's a boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what is happening right now. <laughs> so yeah. So did you, where'd you go after that? <laughs> 
Yeah. So Devin had been on the phone um, and a policeman arrived and he was like helping us, you know, make sure everything's okay. Shining a flashlight, I guess, helpfully. (laughs) Um, He's just kind of standing there. And I think he was like, this is going to be a really good story to tell. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he's just there like making sure everything's safe. Um, And then an ambulance pulled up probably about five to 10 minutes after he was born. It wasn't long at all. Um, so they were like there, they clipped the cord and everything. Cause it's not really safe to transfer the baby without doing that. Um, so yeah, they clipped the cord and like got us all loaded up and into an ambulance. And then we went to the local hospital, which still took probably half an hour to get there, even in the ambulance with all that traffic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was standstill. Were you kind of at that point in the, in the ambulance, were you Mm -hmm. uh, registering what happened at that point? Were you coming out of shock or was everything still kind of surreal? Everything was very surreal and it, I, I, I started shaking really hard and the, the one EMT. Um, so my husband actually drove behind the ambulance. So I was in the back with Roa and the EMT and she handed my son to me like, Oh, here you hold him. And we're bouncing all along. And I was so scared. Like I can't even hold myself up right now. You have to take this baby. What are you doing? And I was just shaking and very much in shock. And the one thing that I was really registering was that I was starting to feel pain because of the afterbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I was kind of like, okay, when can I push this thing out? I don't really want to push it out in a moving ambulance because that might be disgusting. Like, where is it going to (laughs) go? So they got to the hospital and they're unloading us. And um, it actually took a little while for them to find the right room to put me in because it was kind of a question of, is this an ER thing? Is this a labor and delivery thing? Is this a postnatal thing? Where do we check her in? You know? Mm -hmm. So I was kind of being wheeled around the hallways for a couple minutes and I just birthed the placenta right there and then and it oh was my gosh. gross and I was like you it just touched me <laughs> what is happening yeah um, that, that feeling is very straight they don't prepare you for that much yeah. in, in birthing class that yeah that placenta feeling coming out it's you know? so heavy you know mm-hmm. it's just it's almost like another tiny person just flopping out and it was yeah, very, flopping very is a good shocking. way to describe yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long did you have to stay in the hospital? So it snowed the next morning. So we were there for two days rather than just one because it was like actually a really big storm. Um, and they were kind of using like fear tactics a little bit like, oh, well, you don't want to get in this in, stuck in the car again with him, do you? And I was like, oh, my oh gosh. gosh, way to play off my PTSD, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were there for two days. It was rough to be honest, because I'm not, I'm not big into hospitals and, um, I chose to breastfeed and they, they say they're a breastfeeding friendly hospital, but I don't know, like no one, none of the nurses were super educated and they're all just kind of like, here, let me help him help cram him on there because he was having a hard time latching. Um, so it was kind of like, I don't know. It was really difficult. And I didn't feel like I had that much emotional support from them. It was kind of like, oh, well, you're probably just not doing it right. And here, you can have formula or you can pump if you want to. And I don't know, that was really stressful. Um, 
Especially when it's not part of your plan in the least. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was probably one of the hardest parts is that everything that I planned, you know, at the birth center, you're allowed to just sit in the bed with the baby and your husband or partner and just be there for like 12 hours if you want and recover and recuperate and breastfeed if you can. And you know, take your time. And at the hospital, it's like, hi, I'm here every 30 minutes. Has your baby pooped or peed yet? Have you breastfed yet? Like it's, everybody's just popping in on you constantly. And I was not prepared for that at all. Yeah. That can be really annoying, especially in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I probably got a total of like two or three hours of sleep the whole two days that we were there. I just, yeah. I was so stressed. <laughs> I'm sure you're counting down the hours so you can get home with your baby. Oh my gosh, yes. So what was your recovery like once you got home? It really wasn't very bad. Um, physically, it was, it was fine. I had um, a little bit of tearing, but my, my perineum was actually totally intact, which is shocking. Um, after a birth like that. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, yeah. So I just had a little bit of um, like labial stitching and that healed up well, probably within five, six weeks as is normal. Um, I definitely, you know, had some of those afterbirth pains, especially with breastfeeding while the uterus was, um, you know, shrinking back into size, but it wasn't that bad. Um, definitely. I had to keep things slower than I was used to. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I think that the hardest part was just that breastfeeding was still really difficult. And I I ended up having really difficult um, postpartum depression that really got bad within the first few months there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it was kind of PTSD after such a traumatic birth, um, having a really hard time breastfeeding and feeling like I couldn't trust my instincts. Um, but then we, we ended up getting my son's tongue tie revised. We found out he had a tongue tie and, um, that, that helped a lot. Oh, Um, awesome. That's great that you were able to fix that. Well, so how did you deal with your postpartum depression? (sighs) Yeah, I didn't deal with it very well for the first while. I was very just crying all the time, very mood swingy constantly and more than just the baby blues. Mm -hmm. Um, so for the first, the first six weeks, they tell you it can just be baby blues. So I was like, okay, maybe that's what it is. I'm not that bad. And I was kind of in denial about how bad it was. And then after that time came and went, I, kind of had, I, I had my six week checkup and I totally BSed everything. Like I just, cause I don't want to deal with more appointments. I don't have time for that. You know, right. yep. I, I didn't even have the capacity to ask for help. Devin would say to me, like, what do you, what do you need for help? And what, what can I do? And I didn't even know how to answer him. You know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know what I needed. So I ended up Devin actually ended up booking an appointment for me, um, probably around three months postpartum because things were so bad. He was really nervous. Um, and I just couldn't function basically. Um, Mm -hmm. so even though I am very, you know, scared of drugs and everything, I did end up going on a depression medication just because it was kind of that, or, you know, something really scary could happen. Yeah, Um, that that is something we talked with another mom recently about this too. And, that's something there's such a stigma to it that there shouldn't be there should you anytime you're sick you should get help but it's such a big thing birth is a huge thing becoming a mom is a huge thing whether it's your first or your fifth and 
it's so important. And it's hard as women when you try to take care of everyone and you don't want to be a burden. Mm-hmm. And it's just the screening needs to be better, I feel, because yes. like you said, it is really easy to just go to your six-week appointment and say, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm great. Everything's mm-hmm. great. And luckily for you, you have a husband that was obviously, you know, keeping an eye on you and making sure that everything was okay. And when it wasn't, he knew it was time to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very thankful that he just like, okay, we're doing this. You Mm -hmm. can fight it all you want, but we have to do this, you know? Um, Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the worst parts of the American healthcare system is just that the postpartum care that we have is so lacking. It goes up till six weeks and that's it. But for me, the first six weeks weren't even as hard as the first three months. So yeah. And the first six weeks, you're kind of, you have this brand new baby and Mm -hmm. it's everything, the baby's kind of sleepy and surreal and everyone's Mm -hmm. coming to visit Mm -hmm. and then real life more help. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are like, Oh, let me meet him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then your real life sets in and you're like, Oh, I have to do this all on my own. And this is my life now. It's yeah. yeah, It really, I, I feel I was actually listening to something recently about uh, how there some midwives um, and maybe doctors will follow suit mm-hmm. uh, extending postpartum care, you know, not just yeah. doing the six week visit, but six yeah. weeks and then three months and six months, mm-hmm. you know, and th- there's no harm in that in giving more care to yeah. women after birth. Mm-hmm. Especially because for babies, you know, we have pediatrician appointments every month at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the moms who are the ones taking care of the babies, you know, we don't have, I don't know. I almost feel like there should be a built-in psychologist appointment <laughs> or something like seriously so talk through everything and make sure mentally we're okay. Cause one of the worst parts of the PPD that I was dealing with was just the anxiety. I was convinced that he was going to wither away and die and he wasn't eating enough or nursing enough. And I was failing as a mom and something's wrong, you know? And yeah, it was really, really stressful. And I wish that I like had had someone that wasn't my relative who would just be like, Oh no, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, you know? And not, it would be nice to have someone who's a qualified professional to just say, well, you know, that's not true. And obviously your baby's doing great. And let's talk about why you feel that way, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank goodness you were able to get the help that you needed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that with other moms who may be struggling right now or are having thoughts that aren't normal. Yeah. It's okay. And it's okay Mm -hmm. to get help. You know, it's okay to ask for help. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have any advice for moms who are thinking about having a med-free birth? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that not really advice, but encouragement is that your body is so much stronger than you think it is. Like I'm not the most athletic person. It's not like I have such toned abdominal muscles and, you know, I'm so ready for birth and all of that, but my body did it like nothing. It just knew what was happening. And I think that laboring at home probably was the best thing I could have done for a while. Obviously, I needed to leave a little sooner. <laughs> but I think that just being in my own atmosphere and being free to walk around and not be, you know, questioned by anyone or feel like confined in a hospital or anything, it was really good. And I think that's probably one of the things that helped my labor be so fast was just that I felt comfortable in my own environment. Um, Definitely. And I, 
I definitely think that if any moms are considering having um, an unmedicated birth, that you know, if they, if it's maybe their second child and they're not too afraid. Cause for me, if I had another child, I would most definitely do a home birth. Okay. Um, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, cause since things went so quickly for you this time, mm-hmm. it, it, not having to deal with any car trips would probably be nice for you. Definitely. <laughs> if I'm in labor, I'm never getting in a car again. Oh nope. my gosh. I'm sure. Um, no, but I love like your advice is to just trust your body. And I think that's yeah. something that a lot of us are scared to do, but it's, mm-hmm. it's so important. Trust your body, know that it's going to do what it needs to do. And your baby will come out yeah, <laughs> some yeah. way or another, you know, it knows how to come out. Yeah. And we live in a culture these days where women are always second guessing their bodies. And am I good enough? Do I look good enough? Am I fit enough? You know, but in childbirth, your body is amazing and you don't need to second guess it all the time. That is such great advice for every mom. Giving birth or not, we have to trust our bodies and we have to know mm-hmm. our body is good enough no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Do you, so do you have any products or tips that after having your baby were really great for you? Yeah, I I don't know about like personally for me. Like I tried a couple different like nipple butters. I didn't really have any one product that I loved except mm-hmm. for the Solly baby wrap. Um, I just got one of those. <laughs> oh, they're incredible. Oh my gosh. That was literally a lifesaver. I, I think if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't even have even known what to do because <laughs> there were some days where my son, he was kind of colicky at the beginning. Um, he, he just wanted to be held constantly and I would just put him in there and walk around with him and he would go right to sleep. And you can get so, anything done. Every, everything on your to-do list is checked off. Yes. So that was, that was probably the biggest lifesaver of all, or like a baby swing. We use that a lot too sometimes. And that was totally helpful. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, they could contact me on Instagram. My handle is Celia maybe. Um, and yeah, if they wanted to follow or, you know, message and say, Hey, tell me more about this or whatever. Um, they definitely can. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you're enjoying our episodes, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And make sure you follow along on Instagram at Birth Naturally. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. 
They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birth naturally to start ritual or add essential for women prenatal to your subscription today.